Hey, welcome to the NateHoldridge.com podcast, where we're taking a look at some of the articles that Pastor Nate has written at NateHoldridge.com and just going a little bit deeper into them with some conversation. Today, we're looking at the book of Proverbs and specifically what the Proverbs say in regards to friendship. Let's get into it. When God created the first man, He said, it is not good for a man to be alone. This has something to do with marriage, but it also has much to say about friendship. For this reason, we must choose our friends wisely. The Proverbs give great instruction for friendship. Friendship is safe. Friendship provides perspective and counsel. And friendship is trustworthy. You see, we aren't called to live solitary lives disconnected from others. We become better by living life as friends. We need, indeed we are made for, friendship. In this episode, Nate, uh, we're talking about this article that you wrote about friendship, which is, you know, for me personally, I love friends. <laughs> I, I was wondering people. if we could be friends. I know. I was wondering if we could be a little bit deeper of friends. <laughs> How do you have that kind of conversation with somebody? I just want to be your friend. <laughs> it's like a we need to have a DTR right now. I we know. Need to determine the relationship. You it, know, like it, how how much of friends are we going to be, Riley? <laughs> At what level are we going to go to? <laughs> it's funny that um, well, not funny, but it's just interesting that uh, that we're talking about friendship because this is one of those words I feel like in culture right now is. It can be super surface level, but it could also be really deep. I mean, even in your article, you talk about Facebook friends, for instance, where you know you can add somebody on Facebook that you don't even know, mm-hmm. but you consider them a friend, quote unquote. Or you have some people in your life that maybe you go to church with, that you do life with, and it's like, all right, this friendship is really rich and deep. But I love how you just you you go to scripture, to Proverbs, and talk about what the Bible says about friendship, and even before that. You talk about God's design for friendship, and you talk about Adam and Eve. Maybe we could kind of start off this conversation just going back to the beginning a little bit. Could you kind of tell us what God's design for friendship looks yeah, like? Yeah, I, I think all I was trying to allude to there was just that um, we are made in God's image as mm-hmm. people. We're image bearers of God, and so he, he himself is relational. You know, he did not and does not exist in a vacuum, just completely in isolation. He's the triune God. So even before the angelic um, beings were created and human beings were created, uh, God was in perfect community within himself, Father, Mm -hmm. Son, and Spirit. So he is, by his very nature, a relational God. And so when he creates us, mankind, in his image, he makes us highly relational. In fact, you know, it's been said before, and I'm sure, you know, most people are conscious of this who might be listening to this podcast, but, you know, in those first six days of creation, everything that God saw, he said was good, but then when he saw that man was alone, uh, it, it was the first thing that he saw that was not good. And a lot of times, of course, we point that out when it comes to marital or romantic kind of relationship, yeah. you know, that here's man, he's alone, it's not good for him to be alone, he needs a marriage partner. But at the base level of that, it's it's not good for him to be alone. He's made to have relationship with other human beings. And obviously Adam could be in relationship with God right. in that 
um, solitary state, but God wanted more, you know, for his life. So just kind of thinking about that, the design that God has given to us as human beings, although we might not always know how to do it, uh, God has made us as relational creatures. Yeah. And I, th- I think that this is evidenced, you know, a lot as we just look around at life, you know, we're, we're, we're becoming, I think more and more an isolated people in that yeah. we, mm-hmm. uh, more and more and more often live alone. We leave our families at an early age. Uh, we set up our own kind of little apartments and kind of be, we're by ourselves yet at the same time, we like to, a lot of times put those apartments in the middle of a big city, yeah, and we like uh-huh. to go to um, uh, restaurants and coffee shops and other places to be able to be just like around other people, even if even if a conversation never oh, happens. Yeah. We just uh, kind of instinctively know that our our state isn't to be exclusively or predominantly uh, alone. Uh, we we know that we're made for contact and relationships. So. Um, yeah, so the the concept of having you know a thousand friends on Facebook though, yeah. uh, it, it we I think we all understand it's just a light touch and and loose contact that we're having with a broad amount of people and it really isn't you know the, the word friend doesn't accurately describe right. what that kind of relationship yeah, is like. It's true. Yeah. That's so true. In your article, too, you say, you know, just even with that, with friendships, that we just need friendships. And um, that's just so important for us to have. And you go into a few different things that are key components of a real good friendship. So maybe we kind of go through those a little bit. And these are things that you're pulling from Proverbs. But maybe we can kind of start with that first one, the reason why we need them. Yeah, well, before we do that, I I just want to piggyback on something that you just mentioned, you know, Mm -hmm. the fact of needing friendships. Mm -hmm. I think that that, you know, especially because, you know, here we are, we're a couple of men, you know, talking about friendship. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, for men especially, but I think humans in general, we we do have to have that concept in our hearts that we actually need friendship. Yeah, it's true. Uh, because I think a lot of times it's easy for us to think, no, I don't I don't actually need these relationships. And and sure, we could survive without them. And as long as we have the Lord and his word, you know, mm-hmm. we could make it, we could endure, but that isn't how God made us and and some men, like I quoted there and from Proverbs 18 verse 1, will and and women as well will isolate themselves, uh, which the proverbs say it means that you're raging against all wise judgment. Oh, wow. And so it's it's important for us to actually have within our value system, I think, uh, a sense of need for relationships and friendships. You know, not just yeah. not just from the standpoint, uh, like the baser standpoint of I feel lonely. I need friends. Yeah, I think it's more than that. It's I'm incomplete. I'm not mm. who, who I should be. I I need people in my life to help me develop and progress and change. I need people to, uh, you know, because I've only experienced the life that I've experienced and the childhood I've experienced and the community that I've experienced. And I need relationships and friendships with people who have had different experiences than I've had to help shape me and mold me and give me a fuller, more well-rounded picture of the world and the universe and how God is working. So you know, that isolation where you're just never exposed to anybody else, you don't have any of those relationships, it leads to a stunted 
growth. So we have to have a vision for it is what I'm saying, you know, that, man, these friendships can actually do something really powerful in my life. It's not just comfort that I'm going to get from the, from the truth that on Friday nights, I'll have someone to hang out with. Right. This is, I really believe that I need these in my life to help change me and transform me. And then for me to be able to help in their lives as well. Right. Even going back to what you said about isolation, there's probably like the person, and I, I've been there for sure, who says like, I'm cool just doing my life on my own. <laughs> and then like a friend is like a good, like maybe benefit to life. Something that, like you said, like, I'll look forward to on the weekend going to see them. But what you're talking about is that we need to have a perspective and like a vision for our lives so that, man, our life just isn't complete without relationship, without friendship, without different insight, without the things that you're talking about in this article that that really does bring a lot of completion to a Christian life. Yeah, totally. And I I think what we're trying to hit on is that, you know, some people have a more solitary personality and other people have a more together kind of personality. We're not talking about either of those things. We're talking about people from both of those perspectives saying there is value beyond just a sense of belonging or a sense of being by myself and recharging that way. There's value beyond that. For having real legitimate friendships. The Bible is teaching me that and instructing me in that way. Hmm, that's so good. So you talk about a few of those different things that friendships can really bring into um, somebody's life. And so now we can kind of jump into that, I think. Thank you for kind of laying the baseline for that. But the first thing you talk about is how friends motivate. Can you kind of just go for and tell us what does that look like for a friendship? Yeah, well, basically, I mean, we just uh, got that from Proverbs 12, verse 26. One who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. So wicked friends will motivate you towards wickedness. You know, the thing that your uh parents said to you, you know, that show me your friends and I'll show you your future, you know, or that that kind (laughs) of statement. It's just so true. You know, the the Mm -hmm. people that you put around your life and and in your life, they really do um, influence or impact your life. They shape you, as we'll talk about in a moment. But here, what we're talking about is motivation. One who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor. And, you know, when you have a, a solid friendship, you know, it, it kind of, it does something to your value system and your motivation to live up to the kind of standard that they're setting. It's true, yeah. You know, where it just challenges you. I remember, you know, in the like sporting, you know, kind of time of my life, you know, and even now, like getting out and running or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, there are certain guys that are just, that I know, that I'm friends with, that are just animals. You yeah. know, they're just so talented. They're so fast. They can just go forever. And, you know, when I'm with them, when I'm running with them, it's not that I'm thinking like, oh, I can keep up or all of a sudden I'm just going to magically be able to be as like strong as them or fast as they are or have as much endurance as they have. But, you know, they challenge me. And when I right. see like what they're doing and and how far they're going and how quick they're doing it, you know, it, it, it motivates me, you know, and does something inside me. You know, if, if I continually went out running with guys who were, you know, putting in two miles and then just huffing and puffing and that was it, they're calling it a day, <laughs> well, then I might be content to be a three-miler, you know. Right. But by going out there with guys who, you know, are pushing it, 
it pushes me, it motivates mm-hmm. me. And I think the same is true when it comes to just, you know, f- friendship, you know, in life. So, you know, if I'm surrounding myself with guys who, for instance, like they love the Bible, they know the word of God, they love the Lord so mm-hmm. much, you know, and that's like coming out of their lives. Well, it motivates me to learn the word of God better. You know, right. like I think a simple question that sometimes a friend of mine will ask me is he'll say like, so what books are you reading right now? Yeah. You know, and even just that question is like, oh man, like, <laughs> I need so, to be reading. so you're reading, <laughs> I, I need to be reading. I, uh, what are you reading? Yeah. You know, and like, it just kind of stirs within you mm-hmm. that like good part of that value system, you know? And so when you find friends like that, that are sharing those values, they have biblical values, it helps motivate you to, to do the same. Yeah. So with that, do you feel like, um, are, are you looking for friends that are maybe, a little bit, I don't, I don't know how else to say it, just like a little bit better than you in different areas? Or are you looking for people who are just peers? What does that kind of look like? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, so it's like, what are we saying? Are we saying we want to be friends with a bunch of mentors? Right. Well, the reality is that for that mentor, it's not really going to feel like a friendship. True. You know, yeah. it's going to be like, well, I'm pouring into you, mm-hmm. you know, and you're not really as much reciprocating with me. I think in a good friendship, there's, it goes both ways. There's, a healthy impact in life that flows in both directions. You're both human beings. You're both going to have different strengths and weaknesses Mm -hmm. that hopefully are complementary to one another. So in a good friendship, there's pouring into each other's lives. Um, And sometimes people forget about that when they think about friendship. You know, I think this is especially important for people who have given their lives or devoted a big portion of their lives to helping other people, Mm. Uh, maybe like in church ministry or something like that, because it's easy to think, oh, that person's my friend. But if you really thought about it, the reality is you're completely pouring into their lives. And that really isn't necessarily, at least in the definition I'm using, a friendship, it's a good relationship to be in. You're mentoring and you're helping them, and there will be things that you learn from them as well. But uh, it seems like, yeah, there should be something where it's it's flowing in both directions, you know. Yeah. And it's not always going to be the same stuff that you receive. You know, one of my best friends is a guy who, you know, if we sat down and like tried to have like a, you know, Bible trivia, you know, contest or something like that, like a Bible knowledge contest or something. Um, you know, he would tell you right now, if he was here, like Nate's going to win that one, you know, between the two of us, that's not, you know, he loves the Lord. He loves God's word, but you know, I'm spending a big chunk of my life, you know, studying the Bible and stuff, but there are certain strengths that he has that are so complimentary to me, Mm -hmm. you know, the joy that he has, the gladness that he has, the lightness of just like mentality Mm -hmm. and like, you know, like it's going to work out. It's going to be okay. You know, we don't need to stress about this. Like those are healthy attitudes that are helpful for me as a man to, to receive from. So there's like a reciprocal kind of thing where we're both, I'm using my hands a lot right now, but nobody can see us. It's making so much sense to me, but yeah. <laughs> Listener, I'm using my hands to explain Crafting this reciprocal nature. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that definitely you're not talking about a mentoring kind of thing, but a reciprocal deal. Right. And that reciprocal kind of friendship, I think, probably leads into the next point that we have here, which is that friends shape each other. 
Yeah, so Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. So with this, is it mandatory for friends to get this tattooed on them? Like, do, do, do two friends have to agree to both get this tattooed? Yeah, so what one guy will get is just as iron <laughs> sharpens iron, comma, and then the other guy gets, and one man sharpens <laughs> oh, another. Man. And then when you hold your biceps next exactly, to each other. Exactly, it's got to be biceps. Yeah, totally. You can just read the whole thing. <laughs> Yes, I definitely think it's mandatory. <laughs> yeah, you know, so for this, it's like, I, man, I I guess I would encourage you, you know, as you're listening to this, you know, you're more than likely a believer and you have Christian friendships. And I've just noticed that it's really easy to let time slip by in our Christian friendships where we don't really engage each other mm when it comes to the things of God, um, things that we're learning from his word, challenges, and really, you know, some of the greatest um, exhortations, some of the greatest opportunities to really self-improve and grow and develop as a person, they come through our interactions with our friends, Mm -hmm. you know, because with a friend, there's just total safety, you know? So for them to say, hey, you know, this... I've noticed you doing this lately, and this just doesn't seem like somebody that you want to be, you know, and, and, and giving that kind of gentle rebuke or something like that. That's a, that's a safe, safe message to be able to receive. You're hearing it from someone, you know, loves you, cares for you. But I've also just kind of noticed that sometimes we could just let a long time go by without talking about the deeper things, what the Lord's doing in our lives. You know, I'm, I'm not saying we have to, you know, that every conversation has to be colored by this. But certainly Christian friendship is about so much more than just having a good time yeah, together. True. We're we're there in each other's lives to help sharpen each other and develop each other and to uh, encourage and urge on, on each other's faith. I think one of the greatest uh, outlets for the use of our spiritual gifts is actually with our friends. You know, Paul said mm-hmm. in 1 Corinthians 14. I love that. You know, he said, I, I, I wish that every one of you prophesied, you know, I, I wish that you, you, you know, you should earnestly desire the gift of prophecy. And what he's talking about there is not a gift of, you know, foretelling the future in somebody's life, you know, where I'd say to you, Riley, I think that, you know, next year, this is going to happen for you. He's not talking about that. He says, he says the gift of prophecy, words of edification, exhortation and comfort. So what that means, it's, it's like a spirit-empowered word of mm. either edification yeah. or exhortation or comfort. And I think a lot of times a friendship is a really great uh, sphere or uh, area to be able to operate in that mm. kind of gift. Yeah. So, you know, friends, we should be able to be sharpening each other. <clears throat> That's good. And along with sharpening... Um, like you were kind of alluding to a little bit, it's just like that counsel, that safety, that encouragement with each other. One of the things you talk about in here is how friends counsel each other. And I know we just talked about uh, the difference between a mentor and mentoree kind of, but how does it look like in a friendship to counsel each other? Yeah, so this comes from Proverbs 27, verse 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend. So when, when it comes to shaping each other, we can shape each other with our words, but we also shape each other with just kind of living 
together, right. you know, because mm-hmm. that's really in one sense, like the loudest message, you know, like, like people say, the man is the message. So yeah. just watching the lives of your friends and seeing their consecration, the way that they do things, it's you know, yeah. uh, the way they spend their money, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it really speaks loudly. But here we're talking specifically uh, about counsel. The thing I said was, you ought not be the only one speaking into your life. <laughs> you know, yeah. this, is, this is a lot of times the case, you know, where uh, my opinions, my perspective, my philosophy, my thoughts are uh, kind of rule the day and are kind of the guide uh, for life. But with friends, uh, they can we can really be used in each other's lives to speak. So I think maybe something that is helpful in this area is to uh, actually be willing to, from time to time, to ask questions of your friend mm. and to ask for advice, to ask for counsel, to ask for you know a safer kind of uh, region would be more of the in this decision I'm trying to make. What do you think? Uh, about it or what would you do if you were in my shoes the more close you become and the more comfortable you become with each other then the closer you get to more questions like what flaws do you see in me and where do you think I could grow and as you watch my marriage or as you watch my parenting or as you watch you know my decision making or as you watch my lifestyle and purity what would you change and what areas do you think i could grow in you know that's like real counsel kind of kind of stuff you know it goes a little bit beyond just the what would you do if you were in my shoes you know with this kind of decision or something like that and i think a lot of times in friendships we just don't do that Mm. it's uh my friends are there to listen to me talk about me right and then i'm there to listen to them talk about uh-huh. them but as they're talking about them i will not say a word <laughs> about what i think they should do yeah and as i'm talking about myself i don't want them to tell me what they think right and we just kind of leave it at that mm-hmm. instead of you know sometimes and and in a good friendship you know it gets to a place where you don't even have to ask you know the question what would you do uh, or how do you see things because you've invited that in and it's just kind of a healthy wow. part of things yeah but Sometimes you just have to ask the question, you know, and yeah, um, I think a lot of times when you do ask the question, it helps disarm somebody to say, man, I'm being invited into this. This is so cool that they're inviting Mm -hmm. me into this. I don't feel like I'm having to beat them over the head with this or convince them of this. This is an opportunity now to share with this friend of mine. And I do have an observation and I'd like to give it to them, you know, gently and carefully. Mm -hmm. That's that's a really cool way of viewing that counsel. That reminds me of just some things you've said in the past about just being open hearted with somebody and allowing somebody to be in that kind of vulnerable place with you, which kind of leads into the next thing as well, which is um, how friends are trustworthy. Um, How does trust and like that kind of vulnerable spot and that counsel, how does that all work together? Yeah, so Proverbs sixteen twenty eight: a dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. If you want to destroy a friendship, then break their trust yeah, by mm-hmm. lying or sharing things about them that you are not supposed to be sharing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just destroys trust, which is what a friendship is built upon. Yeah, it's true. So, you know, a good friend is a trustworthy 
person. You know, they know how to keep things in confidence. They know how to, um, you know, honor the discussions that you're having and sort of keep that like, you know, like a doctor, physician, uh, physician, you know, yeah. patient, you know, kind of confidentiality. They're able to keep that to themselves. Uh, part of that, you know, is really helpful when it comes to just praying for for the people that are friends in your lives. Because if you're really going to pray well for somebody, you got to know kind of the nitty gritty details mm-hmm. of their lives, their struggles, their temptations, um, the battles that they're going through, the decisions that they're making. Um, but if you aren't trustworthy, they're never going to tell you those things. Yeah. So when you're a trustworthy person, uh, more and more they're able to tell you that kind of content and then you know you can pray for them you can support them you can encourage them so really i mean all of this is this could have been like the first thing that we talked about you know true, yeah. it's really all mm-hmm. built on that trust uh mm-hmm. worthiness you know because like i said that just destroys uh, a friendship if you, if you you know have somebody in your life and you open up to them and you share something with them and then somebody else comes up to you you know in a week or two and says hey i heard you were going oh, through this or that feeling. and you know i've only shared this with one person mm-hmm. and now it's come back to somebody else man that just really breaks a lot of trust and takes a little while to to rebuild and to yeah, get back so uh, you're looking for faithful trustworthy people hmm. i love that you know, all these different things we've been talking about are obviously just very beautiful parts of friendship and really can, I mean, I think they really all just show just how godly, Christ-centered friendships can build somebody up and encourage them and provide that counsel, provide that trust, provide that sharpening and everything. Nate, what would you say to somebody who is having a hard time just finding these kind of friends? Maybe they're at church, but they've had some tough interactions or just trying to find that person that they can really open up to and you know speak into their lives yeah are some steps towards finding yeah, it's, friends it's a really challenging thing you know and i think uh, we sometimes think that uh, that at some point in life it that challenge goes away hmm. um but what i've discovered is that this is challenging i think in every stage and season of life i, I was just talking to this hmm. person uh recently who uh, is you know in college and trying to walk with the Lord, wanting to walk with the Lord, and had some friends that were also believers asked them some questions about life and like how to live life, and the question, the answers that came out of their mouths were entirely unbiblical, mm. unhelpful, yeah. totally contrary to Scripture, actually, and encouraging disobedience to the Lord. And so you know this person realized like, oh man, this is not. This is not a helpful yeah. friendship, and and uh, they were kind of shocked by the whole thing. And it's true because the proverbs warn about different people that we really shouldn't, uh, you know, they're going to be in our lives, but we shouldn't pull them in as friends. Angry people, people mm-hmm. who don't have self control, disrespectful people, sexually immoral people who haven't embraced God's sex ethic for their lives, especially if they're naming the name of Christ, but yet they're not adopting uh, the biblical sex ethic. When when you see people like that, these are not people that will be friends that you can lean on and that you can trust in. 
So people like that are hard to find when you're yeah. in middle school. They're hard to find right. when you're in high school. They're hard to find when you're in college. They're hard to find when you graduate college and you begin your career life. They're hard to find when you, uh, if you get married. They're hard to find. You know, when you have little kids, they're hard to find. When your kids are getting older, they're hard to find. When you're an empty mm-hmm. nester, they're just hard to find yeah. throughout all of life. So this is... You know, obviously, the church is not a social club, right. and the church mm-hmm. is not primarily designed by Christ to give us friendships. the 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 church is to be a community that brings honor and glory, you know, to the Lord. Amen. Um, but I I think that probably the best place to find this kind of relationship is in a like we talk have talked about in another podcast, a gospel centered congregation mm-hmm. fellowship. Yeah. Because it's there that hopefully the church has some kind of organization where you're able to maybe not find the best friends of your entire life. You know, that's not the church's job to, you know, coordinate that for you. But to bring you into contact with other believers who have the gospel in their lives, the Lord in their hearts, and who are at some stage of their sanctification process that you can interact with. And some of those people, it'll be a mentoring kind of relationship where you're pouring into them. Some of them, they will pour into you. But from time to time, there will be people that you just connect with, that you have a relationship with, that is um, you know, mutual, that becomes more and more that friendship. You know, yeah. Christina and I, we have um, uh, a couple or a family that uh, we're friends with. And you know, when you have children, it's interesting because you know when you're single, <clears throat> the complexity of a friendship is it's really not that big. You know, it's right. do we get along? Do we have the sh- same values? Then when you get married, the complexity kind of ratchets up mm-hmm. a degree it's because mm-hmm. then it's like, do we get along with both of <laughs> yeah. them? You know, and mm-hmm. s- sometimes you'll have like the the wife says, well, I get along with the 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 other wife but the husband's like well i don't get along with the yeah. husband you know or something like that and then when you have kids the complexity <laughs> can sometimes be even yeah. greater because well are our kids the same age so they get along you know stuff like that mm. and so i think a lot of times people settle and it's hard to find you know people that you really are able to engage with on a deeper level but in our community group that we've been in the last four or five years there's this one family one couple that you know, I think honestly, when we first started in the group, I, I didn't have, you know, this like really big high hope. Like, I think we're going to be really good friends, you know, mm. as the years go by. I, I liked them. I appreciated them and was always happy to see them and see their kids. But through that steady faithfulness of just kind of them being there, us being there and the years going by, um, we've really developed a a good strong huh. bond and friendship with them as yeah. an entire family and you know that's something that just takes a lot of time and a lot of work and a lot of faithfulness and a lot of connection in a, in our modern you know society and world you know for you as you're listening to this what you have to do is you have to do everything you can to accelerate the process. Mm. So, you know, if you move away to college, for instance, and you go to a local church like three times that first semester, don't expect to have any friends. It just won't happen. Mm. 
Uh, it's got to be something that you throw yourself into it. And in the world that we're living in where people, you know, if, if you move to a place and live there for two years, that's a long time, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and so it, sometimes it takes two or three years just to develop a friendship mm-hmm. unless you're aggressive and you really pursue it in that local congregation. So, um, you know, the way I'd encourage someone is get involved, serve, mm-hmm get into whatever form of community that church offers and engage with it as completely as you possibly can and pray and ask the Lord yeah. to provide for you. I mean, I'll never forget a time in my life, I think I was 19, I was very lonely for some reason at that season of my life. I just kind of looked around and thought, I just don't have really anybody that I f- would put in the friend category right now in my life that's near me. Everybody's gone. Right. And I just prayed and prayed like, Lord, would you bring someone into my life? And uh, he did. The Lord brought me this guy, this guy named Corey. We became good friends. We were very different from each other. But uh, the Lord blessed that kind of connection together. And and that's all I needed was just that one Mm -hmm. friend to be able to lean on during that season of my life. That's cool. I, I love just like the kind of emphasis on being proactive in that area, not just reactive, just waiting for people to be your friend. You got to be that good friend. You got to be that Proverbs kind of friend to somebody in order to really initiate that kind of friendship. Yeah, absolutely. So Nate, we're about out of time, but um, I'd love just to give you some space just to say anything else you want to say about friendship. Is there anything else on your mind that you're thinking of? Yeah. You know, I think that so many people in our culture, society, world, in the church are really lonely. Yeah. And it, I don't want you to fall into the trap of thinking that no one else is going through this experience that you're facing. If, if that describes you, you have to know that there are so many other people that are going through that kind of experience. And you might be able to alleviate that pressure in someone else's life. You know, Jesus, the way he operated and lived, there was so little thought to the self. And if our thoughts are consumed with, I need a friend, I need a friend, I need a friend, I need a friend, and it can become actually an idol in our lives, and it will become a pursuit that every time you think you're getting close, it will make wings and it will fly away. But if, like the Lord, you can, in your heart, get that attitude, you know, there are people who need a friend. They need that comfort. They need that encouragement. And the thought isn't about what you can get, but about what you can give mm-hmm. perhaps to someone else. I think uh, the, the groundwork has been laid a little more effectively for the Lord to open that up in your life and in your heart. So I'd encourage you to adopt that others-centeredness, which is really hard to do when you're battling mm-hmm. with that loneliness right. because it's just so hard to overcome it. But remember the Lord, remember what he endured, ask for the help of the Spirit to strengthen you towards that, get that other-centeredness, and and watch and see what the Lord will do. And, you know, the other thing, too, is just if the Lord has you in a season of loneliness, just embrace it, Mm. you know, roll with it. Like, the Lord has that for a reason. You might not be lonely forever, and it might be a season that God is going to use in some pretty powerful ways in your life. So don't waste Mm. your loneliness. Don't waste that season. It might be the season in your life that you learn how to pray. It might be the season in your life you learn how to study the Bible. It might be the season in your life that you learn how to serve and to give your life in that kind of way because you just don't have much else that's going on. Right. And if that's what the Lord does, 
then great. You know, what the enemy intends for evil, you let the Lord use for good in your life. That's great perspective. Awesome. Thank you for that, Nate. Yeah, man. Well, we're out of time, but Nate, where can people follow you um, online, keep up with your ministry? Sure. This was uh, this article was just nateholdridge.com slash 44. So the most creative website name in the world <laughs> <laughs> for for what I do. Easy. It's, that's just where Easy. I that's just where I do everything basically mm-hmm. and just kind of right there. And so you can just connect with me there. Awesome. Well, cool. Talk to you guys later. Thanks, Nate. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to read some more articles from Pastor Nate, you can always go to nateholdridge.com and browse through all the archives. Everything's there. And if you'd like to have his articles sent to your email on a weekly basis, you can also sign up for that at nateholdridge.com. And while you're online, please share this podcast with a friend. We would greatly appreciate that. And also, stay tuned for another episode next week. But until then... God bless you guys. We'll see you soon.